Hi, welcome to this week's edition of Blue Circle. Again, John, Dave, and myself. We're going to look back over Leinster's excellent victory last weekend against the Sharks, all the other uh, URC action, and of course, look forward to our Inter Pro Derby down in Galway at the weekend. So, lads, a, a stonking game, probably one of the best games we've seen in the URDS for quite a time. Fantastic atmosphere, nearly a full house. Uh, I don't know, um, we scored eight tries, they got five. It was a bit sort of uh, Newcastle under Kevin Keegan, but um, very, very entertaining game to watch. Brazil with Pele, I think you mean. <laughs> Probably. Um, yeah, it was, it was a cracking game. As I was saying to you earlier, it was a bit kind of defences optional, a la Super Rookie there for a while, but I think that's partially to do with our defensive system not quite bedded in in the head of uh, uh, the man playing 12. Um, so there were a few, well, it's not his fault, but there were a few uh, lapses in defence for us. Uh, and we were able to kick over them and cross kick around, you know, cross kick over them very, very nicely um, and, and gather balls on the wing. From multiple players, Robbie Henshaw kicked one, he kicked one himself, uh, Charlie Natai, and, uh, you know, Sexton kicked some. It was, yeah, it was a great game. And I say Jason is absolutely thrilled uh, to see that we're not beating uh, the Dragons by 50 points. They were having it. I mean, that was a fixture. I know that we won by a fair bit in the end, but it was it was one point in it at halftime. It was a really tough game. It was everything you'd want in a fixture. Well, maybe a bit too many injuries, but uh, outside of the injuries, it was um, it was a bit. Uh, it was a great game. It was yeah, I loved it. Loved it. Yeah, the, it 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 just continues the uh, the quality in the URC uh, this year. Um, it's been a very good year. I mean, there's been some bad games. You're always going to get that, but the majority of games have been really, really good. Um, very competitive. There's been very few wildly one-sided games, and we we saw that again on um, on uh, Saturday. Uh, I thought Leinster were excellent. I thought Sharks were excellent. I thought Johnny Sexton showed. I mean, I know Hugh Cahill, no relation, um, had a few whinges about him, but uh, I thought Johnny Sexton showed beyond any reasonable doubt why he's not only the best fly half in Ireland, why he's probably the best fly, why he is the best fly half in the Northern Hemisphere, and probably on form, one of the, the best in the world. I mean, he was just, he was on a different level to every other player on the pitch out there. Um, and the uh, he's irreplaceable at the moment. I mean, we saw, we saw we saw some of his competitors or his contenders the night before in Galway. Um, they aren't, they aren't even within Cooey of his class. Um, but uh, I mean, it, it, it just, I mean, one thing about the new URC and the way the tours have gone and the different number of games is you've got more better players playing more earlier games. And that means the competition starts off almost with a, well, we can't really afford to lose this one kind of vibe about it. So, I mean, the standard, the standard so far has been, I mean, okay, the last couple of years have been a bit kind of hit with, with COVID and stuff, but the standard of the URC this year has, has I, I think, has been higher than the, the, the European Cup over the last couple of years. But Dave, throw in all the lads that were missing for the Sharks. And the lads that mean, were missing for Leinster. Of course, yeah, I agree. But, like, do you know what I mean, Doc? Like, if we if we play them at the latter stages of the competition, competition you know what I mean? You, you're going to throw in four or five Springboks. You're going to throw in three or four or five, possibly... Irish internationals going into, do you know what I mean? That's serious. And like, even if you look at the two teams, they were pretty stacked. And it yeah. was, as John said, it was a very competitive game. It wasn't a lopsided, you know, 
hockey and on, uh, um, by Leinster. It was a match that you say, Jesus, this is this is tight. This is yeah. I'm I'm not sure about this. This could be this could be um, you know a defeat here. It's, it wasn't certainly wasn't uh, decided until the latter half no, of I mean, the second half. You stick you stick uh, uh, some of the I mean some of the guys who 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 sharks were missing guys like Luciano Am and Sia Khaleesi and Evan Etzebet are amongst the best players in their position in the world, in some cases, maybe the best. Uh, certainly on form yeah. last year, I thought Luciano Am was the best centre in the world. Um, you add those to the guys who are missed for Leinster, like uh, Tyg Furlong, Gibson Park, um, the entire oh. Irish back row. <laughs> well, most of the Irish back row. Um, Hugo Keenan, James Hugo Lowe. Hugo Keenan. Yeah. yeah. You, put, you put those two teams fully loaded on a pitch, I'll tell you, that'll be some game. I mean, that's an international standard game. Never mind European. That's an international standard game. So, I mean, it just shows you... Sorry for interrupting you, Dave. In fairness, the Sharks are the third best team in South Africa. Yeah, yeah. Third best team. You know, the two of the others contested the final. And the Stormers are three three from three. Yeah. With bonus points all the way. Uh, And, you know, they've still got a game to come against, I think, the Sharks. Uh, or is it the Bulls? Anyway, it's a it's a home, it's a derby game they have that they they postpone until the six, or mm. not playing until the Six Nations. So yeah. that's that's like just a, I think Leo Cullen said it during the week. There's there's just eighteen games. There's just no time to make mistakes, and everybody that's you know that's what everybody wants to see. Everybody going fully loaded yeah. all the time. The only downside for Lancer is that we can't develop players the way we used to. But outside of that. It's great. It's great for the spectators, surely. You know? That's that's exactly what I was going to say, John. That, that that the one downside to it is, excuse me, the development opportunities. I mean, we still. I mean, got, like Rob Russell played really, really well. I thought I was I was critical critical of him in the game against uh, Zebra, but I thought he was excellent. Really, really good against uh, Sharks. Yeah. Um, but we don't have those opportunities anymore. Those kind of easy games that you could join an inter during the international window where you could seed a few guys in and I think it really highlights that the next kind of big thing on the agenda if you like for the organ for the United Rugby organization has to be some kind of reserve or a league how they organize it what the timings are I know it's really really difficult especially with the Curry Cup kicking off in South Africa uh, in um, January but something has to we have for, for everyone in the league every their kind of next level team has to get hmm. Some game time because it's going to be harder to find opportunities to give them game time in the URC itself. Well, I'd suggest but you might that, see the you might say John. Go on. All I was going to say is I suggest that the uh, South Africans, it's not feasible for them to send, and they have the Curry Cup anyway. So yeah, you know, but it's not feasible for them to send A teams all over the shop. Uh, well, you could you could pair fixtures if you were able to do it in such a way as when the South African teams were up here you played both games if you like mm. that they played like so store so sharks would have played uh leinster a, leinster on 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 uh saturday and they would have played leinster a saturday morning kind of thing if that were possible but now you obviously still have to bring twice as many players oh yeah you, i mean you've still got restrictions on numbers and costs and things like that like but it is something i mean you could do something localized so i mean i've seen suggestions uh, I, 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 I think it's going to go that the like each country will try and develop, or you know, whatever system is going to suit each each individual country. For example, you mentioned the Curry Cup. That's what South Africa is going to use. Mm. We're going, you know, there's going to be just, certainly this year. There's more emphasis on AIL. Like a lot of the guys that would have been 
on the fringe of the Leinster teams are now going out and been farmed out into the area and that's where they're playing their games whereas they're not going to pick up the caps for Leinster but it's going to mean that they're getting game time they're not just sitting in a gym hoping that they get a break in uh, for, for Leinster but they're going to get some game time in an area maybe and I think that you know maybe they should be trying to farm those players out evenly amongst teams within the area so that you try and build up the, the the standard amongst the top you know eight eight sides and whatever number of those players are going to be spread out throughout the from the Leinster ones that are, that are from the teams that are in Leinster so uh, that those guys are getting playing at a higher level we could see some revival of a British and Irish Cup type competition as well between whoever whether it's the A teams of the Premiership clubs in England and you know Otherwise, we're looking. In, in fairness, though, the Italians have a league just below their, you know, that that um, that's in existence and doing okay. Uh, there's a new league in Scotland the last two or three years, Super Eight or Super Sixes or whatever. Super Sixes. Um, and then there's the Welsh Premiership, which is some people say it's a higher standard than the AIL, and you know, well, it's, it's more professional anyway. Mm. Uh, there are more professional players in it. Uh, and the AIL, people say it's a big step up from AIL, and that's that's the issue, is trying to find something that fits in between the AIL and a fully fledged professional league. Um, an A league is probably a good thing, but I just I don't see unless you're doing some kind of a professional. But, but, but if you get if you get if you get more contracted players that are training as professionals, been paid as professionals, playing in that AIL. The standard's going to, you know, increase rather than the fellow who's just done a, you know, an eight-hour day in an office and then gone down and doing a couple of hours in his local club on a Tuesday or Thursday night. Yeah, I the mean, I'd worry about. I, I mean, I, I, the the AIL at the moment, the standard is really, really high, and there are a lot of really good players playing it. The thing I'd worry about it is a if you just start dropping players in and taking them out and dropping them in and taking them out, what that damage that would do to the to a league that's had struggles establishing itself post the focus shifting almost entirely to provincial rugby. Um, yeah. and, and, and the other thing is, uh, like, like you say, Jay, about guys kind of shifting around. Okay, so there's a lot of St. Michael's guys who don't have a, a past men club, but there are guys like BlackRock guys, turn your guys who won't want to, won't want to like. Oh, we 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 need to balance things up at St Mary's. We stick a few turn your guys in there. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, know yeah I, mean? I know. But at the end of at the end of the oh, day, they're professional. Again, again omelets, omelets and, and eggs. I agree. Yeah, and like you know, you could say the same. We're going to get onto it obviously later on about Leinster going to play Connacht next weekend. You know, there's a plethora of of ex Leinster guys playing there. The professional players. In their heart of hearts, I'm sure they'd all love to stay one club men at Leinster. Mm. But the reality is, like, they have to move on if they want to progress their career. That happens in every walk of life. And, um, you know, there's a there's a, a bunch of lads that left in the summer that are down there and making a good name for themselves now. So fair play to them. And like, that's what you got to do if you're a professional sportsman. you got to you got to adapt into a new environment rather than just being stuck in the mud and saying, oh, well, I, I went to Terranure, I'm going to play for Terranure College, RFC, and that's it, tough luck. Like, it doesn't work like that. The, the other option is, is kind of is, is uh, the Interprovincial Championship. And, and our A teams do play against one another a, a fair bit. The only thing is those games always seem a bit 
you know, mixy-matchy. Sometimes, you know, they'll decide between themselves to play it in three-thirds or James Ryan will play for Munster A to get him back fit again. And it's been messed around with a lot. Now, if you could do it all, if you could get a proper interprovincial championship and maybe invite the Scots club, uh, pr- franchises in and you have, you have six strong teams, that might be a way to do it. Because, I mean, and, and again, you, you kind of be, there wouldn't be huge costs associated with that. It might be the way to do it. It's, it's just, it's not so much a concern. It's just something that's kind of been, the, the opportunities for younger players to get seeded into teams are restricted because of the quality of the senior competition. So it's, it, it's, yeah. it's a nice complaint to have. It's true. But, in, you know, whatever, just moving this, the, the discussion back to Leinster a little bit, whatever about there's less, less opportunity for um, younger kids to come through now, as John said, because of the quality of the opposition has increased. The other side of the coin is it is becoming, each season seems to be more attritional. Like last weekend, we saw Larmer going off with an, an, an ankle injury. And then you had uh, Luke McGrath, Baird and Ruddock going off with concussions. You know, So that's four lads that are out for very varying amounts of time. But if there's four lads out, it means there's four guys have to come in from somewhere. So, you know, that's the other side of the coin about having big squads. And I think I read, like, and we will talk about it briefly, but Munster, when they played Connacht, I think they've played 45 players this season. So there's still, yeah. you know, still, uh, now obviously, like, their depth wouldn't be as deep as, as Leinster. And if you take out 10 players or whatever went away to South Africa with emerging Ireland from the Munster team, they've got to go down a little bit further into their depth chart and take fellas out of the academy and give give new caps to four or five new you know young fellas coming through. So like there is opportunities there still for, for younger younger players to, to get an opportunity to um to start and get their get their cap for Lancer. But like we have seen as well the um in, increasing standard of the league. Like you know I was just looking at like you got Benison like when did we see Bennett in fourth in the league? Wow. And it's not like, you know, and like they're playing pretty good. Like I watched the drag, I watched their match against Dragons, and I thought, like, are Dragons really that? Uh, Dragons seem to, Dragons were like are doing now what they used to do in, again when they play Leinster, just send out their thirds and go, well, we've, we've conceded this game. Now they're actually sending out their thirds and conceding the game to Benetton. <laughs> Dragons, I mean, they are a bit in flux at the moment with the the coach yeah. turnover and stuff like that. Um, and, I mean, they did beat Munster. I mean, I don't know how much of an achievement that is yeah. considered at the moment, but they did beat Munster. So, you know, they're not dreadful. Um, mm. it, it's funny, Benetton have, have quietly snuck up to, maybe snuck is the wrong word, but they've kindly got, climbed to fourth without much fanfare. Whereas Zebra, who haven't won a game yet, have been garnering all the plaudits for the rugby they've been playing. But um, mm. yeah, I mean, it, it again. It's only it can only be seen as a good thing that they seem to be the Italian Federation seems to be pouring more money into those two teams, um, to 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 kind of upskill them or you know uh, up pers- up personnel them. Um, yeah, no, Benetton are playing really good rugby. I saw that. I saw a couple of the games this season and they've been excellent. I thought Zebra were going to do it again. I thought they were going to pull another comeback out of the out of the bag at the weekend, but they didn't. They didn't manage it. Uh, they 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 lost a kind of a simple enough intercept try and that kind of broke them. Um, so, I, but that was a good game. That's every, every like, game against the Storm. But was playing, a good game. But but like Zebra have played 
hard opposition. You know, like they played yeah. Leinster, they played the Storm. Like Stormers are third in the league, Leinster yeah. first. They're the so champions. They've, they've kind of they're kind of getting there. They're they're trying to they're trying to get there. They're certainly getting their hard games out of the way first. But um, like I was just looking, obviously mainly focus on the top of the league. Conversely, do you look at the bottom eight teams in the league, like all four that's right now. Now we've spoken ad nauseum about that, like the bottoms in Welsh rugby. But there's one Scottish, one one Italian. But worryingly, there's actually just two Irish in the bottom eight of the league. And both of those sides um, played each other last weekend. Both teams have won now one one game, one victory out of four. But like, you know, I don't know. I don't want to spend too much time because it just seems every podcast I've listened to this week spends most of their time discussing monsters demise. But like, like they just looked, they just looked a very, very poor average side. And when you see their pack been, when you saw Knox getting his flying wings, like I don't think I've ever, or I, I very, very rarely can remember ever seeing a monster pack been decimated like that in the scrum and the, the prop going up in the air. I, I, well, I, I, I don't know why you're surprised that that happened, Jason. I mean, Connacht or Finley Beelham. Yeah, well, I tell you what, I would have been, wouldn't, I wouldn't have been his biggest fan. I wouldn't have been his biggest fan, but my God, he's he's a fan. Like a couple of seasons ago, I thought uh, Josh van der Fleer obviously took a lot of solace in whatever whatever one of the co- whatever coach he listened to the coaching. Uh, after the World Cup, and he he changed around his to become one of the best players in the world. Finley Bealham obviously has taken on board what somebody has said to him because he's he has changed into becoming a very very competent rugby player now. And I would have been one of his more harsher cr- critics. Yeah, yeah I, I thought I, I I thought he was excellent for for Connacht uh, at the weekend. I, I, but going back to Kenyon Knox, you don't often see you don't often see a prop getting his wings at that level. Uh, but uh, yeah. he is a young player, and th- there seems to be an element of that the players don't. I, I'm not sure whether they're not sure or whether they don't believe in the messages they're getting from the coaching staff, um, and they just haven't assimilated assimilated them yet. But they look like a team that didn't really know what it was going to do after maybe one or two phases. They looked like a very ramshackle or, uh, team on the pitch. You could see Peter O'Mahony's absolute ire with some of the players around them. At the time, but, um, but there, was, there was one moment that um, I was around. I'd say Munster made a break out of the out of their own half into the into Connacht's uh, running towards the Connacht ten meter line, and I think it was Coombs made a break and he passed the ball off to the winger uh, Phillips, and the guy all he had to do was catch it and he would have guaranteed twenty meter run up the wing, and he he dropped he fumbled it into touch, you know like this is basic basic skills that they just seem to be devoid of you know the amount of missed tackles we've seen we've seen dropped passes passing the ball into touch that example that i gave poor positional play you saw how very quickly you know uh, uh, the fullback um um sorry no what's his name uh Fitz, uh, Fitzpatrick, sorry, yeah, uh, got got the 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 fifty twenty two because um, they were able to quickly and very simply outmaneuver the back three from Munster and and create that space. Like they just look 
I don't know, I can't like, put my finger on the reason why, but my God, it just looks very, very poor. The only thing I'd say is, uh, if you can take your mind back 12 years to uh, September 2010, when a Leinster side under Joe Schmidt played their first four games, and I think won one of them as well, mm-hmm. and uh, a person who will remain nameless said that uh, Joe Schmidt had lost the dressing room and that it was all downhill. Um, and, you know, they turned it around. And I'm not saying that, I'm not trying to compare those two teams in any way, really, other than they've got a new coach and they've won one out of four games with under their new coach. It, it It's know. a valid point with one proviso. That Joe Schmidt team went on to win the European Cup. Absolutely. They're, 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 I mean, and no, I, I actually agree. I actually think the problems with Munster are, are, are not problems with Munster. They're just, it, it, do, you remember, do you remember Dick Greenwood uh, was misquoted to a certain extent and he got into mm. a lot of trouble in this country when he said you can't give an entire nation a brain transplant? But he was talking yeah. about the way that uh, Brian Ashton wanted to change how Ireland played rugby. And Graham Rountree, I think, wants to change. And he's brought in guys who will do it, like like uh, Prendergast and Nimi. I think he wants to change how Munster are playing rugby. And it's not going to ha- happen overnight because they're a very change-resistant province. Other coaches have found that. McGann found it. Penny found it. Razi Erasmus, to an extent, found it. Certainly, uh, what's his name, Van Grant found it. That they are a very, quite a traditionalist, quite conservative in terms of the what they believe the right way to play rugby is. So if you're going to go in and change it, it's going to take time and it is taking time. Um, I would say that and the one proviso I would have, I'd agree with what John says, the one proviso is, is, is Joe Schmidt was working with a better bunch of players than Greenwood ha- or that, that oh, sure. has at his uh, disposal right now. And I think there's a lot of hope in Munster that when the guys come back from the Emerging Ireland Tour, it's going to make a big difference and it's all going to click. The thing is, almost all those guys were on the pitch when Munster were leading against Cardiff. Yeah. And we all know what happened there. So, I mean, there is work to be done and it's going to be work that has to be done by the entire squad and it won't be easy. There may be even more pain because the Bulls are going there at the weekend, you know? Um, so, it's, it's, well, it's going to be tough. We saw what a fully stacked Leinster made of the Bulls last, uh, last May. Yeah, was it June? Uh, whichever, uh, you know. So I wouldn't be, uh, I wouldn't be too confident playing the Bulls at any stage of the season, even though we, early, early doors last year we we hockeyed them in Lansdowne Road. But they know. were, they were, they were. What were they? They were two for two until they went into the weekend. They lost at the weekend to Glasgow, yeah, I think. Bulls are three from four. Bulls are three from four. They were three for three and then lost to Glasgow. Is that right? Yeah, so, that's right. I mean, they they obviously got, kind of got they hit the ground running this time, which they haven't, which they didn't do last year. No, no, so the South African teams hit, hit the ground running last year. It was just like they were in a whole new competition. They were yeah. doing tra- but, uh, they, oh yeah, that's that's not that's not a criticism of them, John. I'm just saying that, and 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 you can tell the difference this year. Stormers are what three for three, sharks are three for four, bulls are three for four, lions I think are two for three. Is that right? Three from four as well. Lions. Lions are three from four, Sharks are two from three, Bulls yeah. are three from four, and Stormers are three from three. So they're, they're, they've, hit, they've hit the ground. But, they're, they're going but, a lot but, better but, than they but were don't forget last, So it's going to be a tough fixture for Munster on Saturday. On Saturday. But la- last, year, last year, their country was still in a complete lockdown. Like they, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, like, so obviously everything was so much more difficult for, for them. Um, I'm sure there was a little bit of probably taking it a bit casually, maybe. I don't know. Mm. 
not expecting it to be as they got as their shit to together for, as, the, for as, the knockouts though <laughs> they, they, they certainly did um, yeah, it will be a very tough game at, at the at the weekend for Munster, all right. Um, but going back to us in the sports ground, I mean, Connacht, Connacht are one of those teams that kind of annoy you sometimes because you don't know which Connacht is going to come out. They're kind of a mix between, you know, Andy Friend's more pragmatic Connacht and Pat Lamb's Jouet Jouet Connacht from a, from a few years previously. And sometimes that doesn't work. <laughs> but when it does, they're bloody hard to play against. Yeah. Also, you have, and like I'm sure it happens every season, but particularly this season because there was there was quite a big chunk of, of um, talented young Leinster fellows went down there. You know, Josh Murphy, Hawkshaw, Adam Byrne, Peter Dooley, and I'm sure I missed out a couple that that moved down. So, like obviously, you know, that's if that's your childhood province, that's the one that you want to play for, and. If, if they're kind of saying, well, there's no room for you here, unfortunately, lads, I'm sure you get a bit pissed off and you want to make a point and prove a point. So, you know, they've also got that little bit of chip on their shoulder to, to want to put in a big performance against the team that kind of showed them the door, you know? Mm. And then, you know, you've also got other guys. you got, like, off the top of my head, Jack Anger, Tom Daly... Thornbury, you know, all guys that have grown up in Leinster and the one by hook or by crook ended up in, in Connacht. So like like everything you wanna you wanna put it up to the to you wanna put it up to your ex team. I, I thought it was just as you're mentioning that uh, during the desperation derby you had uh, Thornbury Thornbury up against Byrne. And those guys played together a lot uh, at Leinster for the you know Academy and A sides or whatever. And Thornbury, yeah. I have to say, he made absolute shit of the Munster lineout. He really oh, went. Thornbury's a huge guy, though. He's six yeah. eight. But he, it's a, lots of huge guys don't do that. <laughs> you know, he really made but, crap of it. But he's very athletic as well. He's easy yeah. to throw up, easier to throw up than other lads that are six foot eight. Uh, he, he, him, and Byrne were actually in the same year in the academy, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. If not, there were only a year between them. I think uh, Thornbury did an extra year because he'd so many injuries. Uh, and Byrne, one of them did four years anyway. Um, and they were in and around if they weren't in the same year. Uh, I think they were both coming to have, con- you know, when, when Byrne went to Scarlet's, uh, Thornbury likewise didn't get a contract and ended up in uh, in Connacht. Did he go somewhere else in between? Uh, did he go to New Zealand for a while? Think he, think he did, yeah. I think, yeah. but yeah, two, two great, two great players, two very athletic guys as well. Who are, you know, but Thornbury has that extra few inches height, uh, which is going to stand to him in the lineup. You know, um, yeah, I. It could be a funny one this week. Uh, both set sides are uh, going to be affected by the emerging Ireland uh, squad. Kind of possibly worse than us. I'm not. I can't remember the exact numbers, but. Uh, <laughs> I think they may be even more disturbed by that, uh, but we're also going to come up against uh, a lot of minutes for some of the guys that wouldn't have got those minutes early in the season. A lot of the senior guys, uh, Van der Fleer was was uh, arrested this week, but there'll be guys who will need a bit of a break before the autumn internationals, Ireland, Ireland guys. So, you know, are we likely to field Sexton again down there? I'd say we might be holding him for Munster next week or who knows? 
Uh, you'd have to say Connacht and Galway are a bigger threat than Munster in the Aviva currently, anyway, on, on current form. Um, but yeah, we did, beat, we did beat them 45 8 last season, yeah, and there, yeah, that's true. But uh, yeah, but we, they have beaten us, we know that they've beaten us as well in the last five years. They've probably and they kept, it, they kept it very tight in the first leg of the Champions Cup playoff, if you remember. Yeah, yeah, but did, yeah. If you had to pick a, a game for Leinster to, you know, if you had to put your money on Leinster in, uh, playing Munster in Lansdowne Road or Connacht over the sports ground, which one would you say would be would be more likely to win? To me, it would be uh, the home game every time and twice on Sundays. Yeah, but like, I know we're probably getting ahead of ourselves, but I, I was listening to Off the Ball the other night and Tornley said there was only 28,000 tickets sold for that game, which surprised me. I would thought there would have been more, particularly that there was such a, you know, a strong attendance at the um, the game at the weekend in the RDS. But mm. is it time now that the IRFU, or, or Leinster, I don't know who makes the decision, says, why don't Leinster play Ulster mm. instead of Munster in the Aviva? Like, Ulster have been the strongest second province for the last number of seasons um you give the do you remember they almost beat leinster in the quarter final of the european cup a couple of years ago when stockdale dropped the ball over the line and they brought down a huge number of supporters for that game you know it's uh maybe there's a bit of fatigue like i again listening to a few podcasts and with with the with the, with the monster mafia that that seems to be continually on them all kind of saying that there's, uh, you know, the Aviva wouldn't be the favourite hunting ground, especially with all the recent defeats that they've suffered there, whether it be against Leinster or Toulouse or, um, you know, Saracens. And, uh, Saracens and, you know, whether or not they'd, they'd rather uh, change that fixture up. And maybe I think, you know, a bit of a big, might give a new impetus to the league if Leinster said, well, every second year we play Ulster and, you know, there's a good compromise. Play them every second year, and that that stops it getting stale as well. For, for the... I, I think there's a certain amount of uh, actuarial kind of mathematics going into it to work out. You know who, who's going to didn't Connick play Ulster in the Aviva one of the first games back after COVID, and yeah. it was an absolute yeah. fucking disaster. Yeah, nobody showed up. But you, <laughs> but, but like there, there was a lot of but, nervousness but like, after seriously. COVID. Yeah, there was a lot, a lot but, of nervousness also, after COVID. But, but also, like, if you're if you live in Belfast, are you going to like, you know what I mean? It, it's like it's not a glamour fixture playing against Connacht. Yeah, true, true. I would suggest. Yeah. And whereas if you said, well, like you're gonna you're gonna come down to Dublin, you're gonna play Leinster. It's gonna, you know, you you can be part of the of a big occasion with 50,000 people in the stadium with a a gansey load of, of Ulster fans. You know, I, I think that's far more attractive than saying. Uh, like, and is there hardly going to be any comic data? The the, the mm. question is, as I say, I mean, you're looking at okay, so there's twenty eight thousand, so that's ten thousand more than you get in the in in the RDS for the Munster game. So that's one thing. Yeah. So so you have to kind of juxtapose how much it costs to rent the Aviva. We'll say, um, yeah, but it's half empty. It's like it's either you know what I mean. Is your glass half full or half empty? Yeah. But the but stadium. It, yeah, looks but the question half is, empty. the question is, are your are your are your are, are your is your bank account half full or half empty after? Is what I mean. But the, that the that 
that Leinster and the IRFU will be looking at which is the game that's more like that's most likely to generate more profit. I mean, yeah. I've no doubt. I've no doubt but, if they uh, thought that the Connacht game would be a bigger game, they'd move that to it. But at the moment, yeah, they think can the I just say, game is the bigger game. But but I would just say that that well, like, I don't. I would. It just gives the impression that is. Oh, it worked in the past, and you know, fifteen yeah, no, years ago there was agree, eight. There was eighty thousand people in the, in Croke Park, and sure, it's always going to be that way. Yeah, kind of moved on now. Like Munster, like you know, there was your woman Fiona Hayes was saying that she was thinking strongly about whether she'd go or not because she couldn't. Yeah, I agree. Stomach, I agree stomach another defeat. I'm sorry, that's he, to, she lives in Limerick, and this is going to. The Bulls game against Munster in Limerick. Yeah, she says you go to you go to rugby to enjoy yourself, and I don't really want to see another defeat. Was her attitude? Well, fair enough. Everyone has their own opinion. But like, are you going to get into a car and drive hundred or two hundred kilometers if, if that's if that's the, well, the feeling that's, on the ground? That's that's and to feed into what you're saying there, Jay. I mean, the attendance from Munster for those games in the Aviva has generally been predominantly. Limerick, Tipperary, Waterford, you know, the ones that it's easy access. I mean, Cork and Kerry, it's a long bloody way from Cork, yeah. even on the motorway. It's a long drive from Cork to Dublin. And um, it's getting harder to come up to Dublin, especially if, if, if the odds are, and you're thinking, and you saw, was, I mean, the one that was a real killer was the game last season in the Aviva, at the end of the season, when Leinster put out a very young team and still won handily enough. Mm-hmm. Um, that was yeah. that was that was. I mean, a lot of monster guys were really, really. That was a real low point for them. So you wonder how much stomach there is for it. So I mean, I don't know. We we'll find out because I mean, as 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 Tony says that there might only be twenty eight thousand tickets sold for it. Like when was that Monday night? But that yeah. with the sales that have been inspired by the game against the Sharks and then oh, we're, yeah, into, look, I, we're into, into pro rugby. I'm sure, it's a long uh, time to go yet. I'm sure it might go. Might, I'm sure it might hit yeah. forty, right? Yeah. Which is great, but. All I'm saying is, just to liven the thing up. Yeah, it might be. It might, it might be, be nice trying it. It that they said next season just go Ulster and following year go back to Munster and rotate them and, around. And, and you know the other thing is, from from a selfish point of view, I'd love to see because Mun- okay, we've seen it in knockouts, we don't see it all that often. Munster in the RDS on our own patch. Yeah, that'd be kind of. Yeah, that'd it's be a long good, time you know? since it huh? was. It was going back to the time that we were. Um, it was going back to the time that they were redeveloping the the Aviva Stadium. Yeah, that was. The last time Munster jumped, it was it John Hayes stood on Keen Healy's face. That's right, yeah, yeah. Was, was it come by? Yeah. I mean, that's a long time ago now, right? There's been a lot of games. I mean, we played them in one or two knockout games since. Um, in, in knockout games. Oh, Zebo's uh, last game. Yeah, Zebo's last game it was a yeah. semi-final, was it? Yeah. So it'd be nice yeah. to see. It'd be nice. To, so I, I have no objection to changing it up. I mean, I'm sure we, we'll we'll see we, we'll see come Saturday week or whatever it is, Saturday fortnight. What what it turns out like. But um, to, to get back to the the Connor game again, um, it's uh, a game against Connacht in Galway is always difficult. It's always difficult, and I'm sure a team as injury prone as Leinster are now aren't looking forward to going down and playing on a plastic pitch. Um, mm. So it'll be well, it's it'll concerning. Be... It's uh, a scrum half is concerning. You've got our two, you know, the guys First that are probably going to play ninety percent. First choice, two guys are going to play 90% of your game. And like, I don't know whether Nick Nick McCarthy was, was rested last week. I don't know. Um, I think I, I actually think competition between those yeah, two guys. I think, I think Cormac Foley might be, a, might be a genuine prospect. I think he I think he might be the best prospect to come out of Lancer in a long time at Scrum mm-hmm. Half. 
I mean, his injury, his, his season was in early, it ended early. Well, not early, but it was late in the season when he came in, but it was ended straight away almost uh, last year mm. after being really, really good against Munster actually in that game in the Aviva. He was the, he was a dominant, he was the dominant uh, halfback on the pitch. Um, so, uh, and he played really, really well when he came on against um, uh, Sharks. I loved his delayed pass to bring the Sharks defence out and then just floated it over them for uh, Russell's try. So that was class. Yeah, beautiful try. Um, I, I, I think he might be, I think he might be the real thing. I think that, you know, been, been stuck, Maria, with him and Nick McCarthy for the, in the, for the game in Connacht won't be the worst thing in the world. It won't be as damaging as people might have previously thought it was. Yeah. Uh, Furlong, I think, could be back. Yeah. I saw pictures of him in training, which is good to see. Um, yeah. I hope, I, like from memory... I, th- I think he only signed a one-year deal with the IRFU last season, didn't he? Yeah, I think so, yeah. So yeah. I, hope, I, I, hope, I hope they can just get his name I think the days of, of, of people eagerly scanning the, the training pictures, um, I know I used to do it, to see who might be training and so who might be fit or not. <laughs> Did you read Peter O'Reilly's article about how Leinster train uh, two weeks ago? I think in the new kind of uh, reduce contact way. <coughs> Leicester do almost no contact in training now, almost none. Um, so looking at guys who, who are in training and think, wondering why they're not playing, I think I, a lot of it guys who are who are injured can now still train. Yeah, not yeah but at least you can. But at least you, you see them talking as opposed <laughs> to get, getting um, you know physio on their torn hamstring yeah. or whatever. Well, that's true. You know. That. At least you know they're not off in Magaluf or whatever. They say that yeah. James Lowe and Hugo Keenan are, well, they won't be there this week, are not far away, uh, that they might get a, a game the following week. And even Luke McGrath, I don't think, is is too bad. I think he's uh, returned to play protocols okay, but I don't think he's... Uh, I don't think he is going to be a long-term absentee. Uh, so... I think, and I don't know if this is the case, but looking at Leinster over this season, I think Leinster aren't even worried really that much about if a guy passes or fails a HIA. If he has to do one, I think they're keeping him off. Uh, that's fair enough. But, yeah, no, I'm just saying, I, I get that sense. <coughs> I think I think rugby's moving that way now, isn't it? Yeah, you I know, think that has to be the way like to go. The, like, um, there was some doctor on, I think it was off the ball again, uh, recently, some American doctor who was kind of highlighting that the way you know rest is basically the thing to do yeah you know uh, i think also, it's, i think it's the way it's right. going also um frawley is not too far away i believe uh i think it's frawley uh keenan and low who it's believed may play a part against Munster, but won't play this week um dave kearney jack Cohn. Uh, people who get injured in these warm-ups it's a bizarre thing isn't it I think uh, I think and Doris is back and uh, Josh as you said yeah uh, but it is strange how many how many fellas unless they they're doing what the dubs do and just changing the team but it's the way around it I don't know <laughs> but, but I, get you know. I get the feeling that Jack Cowan's one was an actual injury because they were talking about him 
Leo was talking about him in the yeah he was actually stripped from what I could see on the on the film like like they showed him kind of been treated on the pitch before the match. <clears throat> but you know I don't know what they do do they put fellas in who are 50-50 and then make a decision on them in the warm up I, I don't know I, there's something funny going on anyway because we can't be losing the player every single week in a warm up well if we are I, I think it's time to look at our warm up <laughs> exactly you know time to, yeah, time but to you, change you, how you warm up but like we, we were looking forward to seeing Harry Byrne a couple of seasons ago and everybody warm up he was getting injured you know the weekend, wasn't he? He was supposed I to. Think so, I yeah. Know. yeah, yeah. I think he played. Was it Lansdowne he was playing for? Uh, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I'm not sure who he was playing for, but uh, he was. He was given. Uh, he was supposed to be. They were supposed to see if he could last eighty minutes. Um, you know, he does seem to be made of chocolate for whatever reason. Um, he just, I think he, I, I I think players go through phases. Um, with their bodies, this is based on absolutely zero science whatsoever. Um, well, he's quite uh, young. Please tell us, enlighten us, Alex. No, well, well, I was just going to say, there's a gap in the science-free <laughs> uh, health market now, by the looks of things, after Alex Alex Jones and his hundred and his billion dollar fine. Um, but um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, I think players go through phases where they get a lot of injuries for maybe a year, maybe a year and a half. And then they just don't. I mean, you look at Jason Jenkins, for example, he spent a year and a half injured, basically. And now you look at him, he's... Jinx him, no. don't jinx him. Yeah, okay, yeah, touch wood, touch wood. <laughs> this table is made of wood. Um. So, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. Sometimes you, you see players go through that and, the, and then they come back. But, um, I mean, we're, we're, we, we're in a strong position. I mean, like we could start... I mean, we a lot of we, our, our locks are good. I'd say Frawley is delighted that to, that he's been moved into um, the out half slot in the minds of Irish rugby fans because the centre slot is looking really crowded these days. I mean, whatever the talk about uh, Stuart McCloskey's the player out, I, I, I can take or leave. Um, Luke Marshall looked brilliant for Ulster at the weekend. He looked, yeah, he looked, he looked like the player that we saw in, in the Aviva that time. Yeah. And James Hume still has to come back. Yeah. Then you've got Ringrose and Henshaw. You've got Bundy Aki. You've got there's a, you've got Chris and, Farrell down and, south. Jamie um, Jamie Jamie Osborne scored. Jamie Osborne scored a, Jamie Jamie Osborne, Osborne, scored yeah. a lo- lovely try for yeah. Virgin Ireland. Yeah, so NSA, a, yeah. the centre ranks are looking very packed. I can't believe how how well that guy has come on. I mean, he looked so fully formed. I know he's a big guy for his age, but. He looked so fully formed last year in terms of his play and his yeah. toughness. Like yeah. for a guy, when you look at him and he is, he's six foot four or something, you look at him and you go, that guy's not 20. Jesus, how can he be still 20? But he's a very good footballer as well. He's a really yeah. good footballer. He seems to have it all. He's got, he's got the whole skill set. People say he doesn't have a huge pace, but um, and I don't know whether that's true or not. I've never timed him over 100 metres or even 20 metres. But uh, he's he's certainly got everything else in spades. Uh, I'd say now, I'd say maybe 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 he doesn't have great acceleration. But a six foot four lad who's fit and strong, once they get that leg stride going, they're going to move at quite a lick. That's true, and they look deceptive as well. The taller you are, the more. Do you remember? Do you remember the slowest looking player I ever saw in my life was Yannick Jojon? Do you remember him? He used to play for France. Yeah. Looked, (laughs) looked. Well, I suppose he looked like a typical French centre. You know, he was. 
spent half his time in the centre uh, smoking a jetan and the other half scoring worldy tries. Yeah. Um, but he never looked like he ran fast at all, but I never saw anyone ever catch him. Hmm. Yeah, well, he was like, the man that the word languid was invented for. It is deceptive. The taller you are, the the slower it looks like. I mean, lots of lots of things. Will Greenwood was another one. Will Greenwood never looked particularly pacey. Another tall guy. Another six. Yeah, another four. tall guy, and he was quick. He was fast. Like, mm. who was the guy? He retired and he went on to coach in Ulster, but I think he's gone now. He was a fullback um, from, from New Zealand. Jared Payne. I see. He used to glide over the yeah. ground. Yeah, he was. He was a classy player, looking player, wasn't he? He he had a yeah. very bad injury early in his career though that uh, that did rob a bit of pace of him, but he looked he had that funny looking stride that uh, that he didn't look like he was traveling. But same thing, he mm. wasn't that tall either. Probably... Do, I, I I'm thinking of a player that he reminded me of, and it, it was a player during the nineties. You might remind you might see if you can guess. He was another fullback. Christian Cullen. No. <laughs> um. Really. South African fullback. Go on, David. Andre Joubert. All right. Oh, yes. You remember him? He was another yeah, one who, do, who yeah. just used to glide. Never looked to... He was like a duck. You know, on top, he looked so calm and languid and peaceful. But he, he, you never caught him. Mm. Yeah, all good players. Actually, um, just... I was listening to Keith Woods there. He so, was so just, about just to point out, we best. just compared Jamie Osborne to Jared Payne, mm-hmm. Yannick Jojon, <laughs> Will Greenwood, and Andre Joubert. So no pressure there. Yeah. 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 Just what you're mentioning, all those players. Uh, Keith Woods was on the radio today and he was talking about the best 15 he ever played against. And like he just basically talking about his, his kind of era, you know, to the, the, the 90s, early 90s. It was just. It was great just listening to him talking about those fellas because you nearly forget about them now. There's so much rugby on the TV now. Sometimes you forget about the, the, the superstars that were playing 20 or 30, 30 years ago. But um, anyway, does uh, boys like just it's another another sad day for the English Premiership? Looks like wasps are going to go. Like yeah. it's they going. much going to go. Can, into, can, I, can I just, can I just say now? to Jason as 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 a fan as a fellow as a former? I don't know if he's still former or current. Uh, Wanderers man as a trap. Can mm-hmm. I just say congratulations on your successful undercover mission uh, to take mm-hmm. down one of the crown jewels of English rugby, Agent Richardson. Mm-hmm. Well done. Come home. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, it's um, it, it's kind of sad. It, it is sad seeing sort of the demise of, of these. Like at the end of the day, we need strong leagues all over Europe, you know, and all over the world to grow the sport. And it's terrible seeing these. Icon- well, I wouldn't say Worcester was particularly iconic, but it doesn't matter. Wasps certainly, yeah. the Wasps certainly were, and you know, um, European Cup champions and see them gone, like that's not good for sport at all. I mean, even even their history is kind of kind of it's part of the the the, the warp and weft of um, rugby lore. I mean, Wasps weren't a founder member of the RFU because the 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 guy they'd sent to the meeting got drunk and went to the wrong pub. And that, that kind of story, that kind of story makes the game richer, you know. So, I mean, that that'd yeah. be that'd be shocking. But at the end of the day, the English system, based as it is on a dreadful amalgam of the free market and central planning, you know, it. I don't know if, I don't know how they can. I mean, they keep reducing the salary cap, and the reason they're reducing the salary cap isn't to make the game better; it's to make the owners richer, or so they don't lose as much money. Um, 
you either have to decide. They, I, I think that they have to decide to either let the RFU take control or just get rid of all salary caps and financial fair play and let the market take control and, and the strongest will survive. Uh, just on, on the Wasps thing, uh, was the, there's a statement just gone up quite recently. I don't know. Yeah, they've been suspended. That they're, they're gone and their matches have been cancelled uh, and they're looking that, looking like they're going to go in through administration over the next couple of days. Maybe even by the time people are listening to this. Um, so, yeah, it's not good. So that's that's an 11-team premiership now, is it? Yeah, so. all they need to do is get rid of one more and they'd be happy because they want a 10 team premiership. Um, I mean, whatever about what's gone down, I mean, that whole thing has has kind of it's not, it's not just, I mean, it, um, I was having a bit of laugh there with Jason about you know, uh, Age of Rich and all that, but I mean, that whole wasp thing is 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 massively influential because not it, it doesn't only affect wasps, wasps moving to Coventry affected wasps, it affected Coventry rugby and it affected Coventry City Football Club. And those are three teams now who don't know what the hell is going on next year or even this year, mm. you know, because obviously the stadium is caught up in the whole thing as well. So it's going to be, it's going to be, a, it's, this one is going to be messier, a lot messier than the Worcester one. Mm. For sure. As well yeah. as which, Wasps it's... have a lot more voices in the media. You saw Lawrence Delalio last week talking about it. And, you know, obviously he's a, he's a proud Wasp man and he's very loyal and, he wants anything to be done to save his club. And he was suggesting that the government stepped in, which wasn't really an option. Um, and he got a lot of flack for it. But I mean, who, who, who amongst us wouldn't want our club to be saved? Well, like put it this way, the government did step in and save our club. Yeah. You know, after COVID. And like, obviously, they saved a lot, all clubs and all sports by, by giving grants to the various different bodies. And thank God that... Yeah. Sport well, that's, that's, is important to, well, it's important to everybody, but, you know, that the government put uh, a value on it and uh, we're able to help out our, 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 diff our various different bodies. I'm about to say something you never thought, but in fairness to the UK government, um, they did the same. And part of WASP's debt is th the money they owe under that scheme, <coughs> under the COVID business continuance scheme. So... It's going to be it's going to be very messy. I I think this is going to run for a while yet, mm. and I mm. think some learned friends will do quite well out of it, but nobody else will. Yeah, as ever. Um, any viewers' questions, Dave? No, because or... I didn't ask for any. Because let's face it, they have nothing to add. No, I'm only kidding. I just we're just mm. as we're feeding our way back into the into the run of things. I thought we'd we'd we'd, we'd do. Um, I'm, I, 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 just ease our way in gently yeah just as i was i was telling as i was saying to uh, tell the viewers that i was saying to you guys and during the week that we're, we want to start moving back towards doing it live again on facebook or whatever so that'll be coming up in the next few weeks but uh don't worry we'll be asking for your questions soon enough very good failing to answer them <laughs> well, anyway, boys, as ever. thanks very much thanks very much for watching if you are following us facebook twitter Instagram, I presume, Dave, again? No, absolutely um, not. <laughs> um, thanks again for watching. Cheers. Bye.